reaching up, reaching over, and reaching out. We are New Life Christian Fellowship. For service times or recordings of our weekly messages, please visit us online at www.nlcfchurch.org. Well, good morning again. So the message today is on pride. So in the uh, preaching calendar, Bill had uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 through 19. So the topic is on pride. And it's, to be honest, kind of a difficult uh, topic to do a sermon on because uh, it seems like it kind of punches you between the eyes a lot when you study the topic of pride. And just like John just read for us, uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, 19 Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Now we like to oftentimes talk about God being a God of love. Now he is a God of love, but God is also a God of wrath. And there are things that God hates. And in Proverbs chapter 6 verses uh, 16 through 19 says this, There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. Now when we look at that list of sins that God hates, notice at the very top it says haughty eyes. And in some translations it speaks of a proud look. Simply put, it is speaking of pride. Uh, According to uh, uh, gotquestions.org, the... uh, Either the word pride, arrogance, or haughty eyes is mentioned at least 200 times throughout scripture, and never once is it spoken about in a positive way. This is actually a sin that God hates. Now, pride is a very deceptive sin. It's like, if you're a thief, you know you're a thief. If you're a murderer, you know you're, you're a murderer. It's clear-cut black and white, there's no question. But pride can be a very deceptive sin, and we may, ha- we may have more than we think that we have. So the question is, do you have a problem with pride? Now, you don't need to raise your hands, but just ask yourselves and answer this question to yourselves truly. Do you have pride? Do you deal with pride? And if your answer is yes, then this message may be for you. But if you answer no, then there is no doubt this message is definitely for you. Simply put, this message is for all of us. These warnings in scripture on pride apply to each and every one of us. We all have pride. In our first birth, we were born into pride. But praise God, through the second birth, which is accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have a way to defeat and deal with this sin of pride in our lives. We can also have pride in our own humility. Sometimes... We like to walk around with this long face and talk about, oh, we're just a sinner saved by grace. Now that is technically true. We are sinners and we are saved solely by grace, by grace alone through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But we can also have pride in our own humility talking like that because the Bible describes us as more than that. The Bible describes us that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. When we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, It says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. 
Christ made us right with God, he made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Now Jesus didn't think lowly of himself. Jesus knew exactly where he came from and where he was going. But even knowing this, he still humbled himself and washed his disciples' feet. In John chapter 13, verse 3 through 5, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. I love how uh, Pastor Adrian Rogers put this, and I got this quote from him. Humility is not thinking lowly of ourselves. It is simply not thinking of ourselves, just like Jesus did. Jesus knew exactly what, where, who he was, but he didn't think lowly of himself. He just didn't think about himself, and he put others before himself. So then what is pride? Well, for one, pride is an attitude of independence from God. Now, we know we need to be completely dependent on God, Without him, we can do nothing. So do you lack in prayer? Do you lack in reading in God's word? Do you lack in the desire of gathering and fellowshipping with fellow believers? When we have a lack of prayer, we don't desire to pray, we don't desire to read, we don't desire to fellowship, the root problem in us is the sin of pride because we don't feel the need to do these things. Sometimes I think we may feel like we're not bad enough to pray or we're not bad enough to read in God's word. I don't need people in my life. This is an attitude of pride because when we have this attitude, we are being self-sufficient. But pride is also esteeming oneself above other people. Do we think because we have achieved certain things we are, or have certain things that we are better than someone else? I found a list of indicators. I found this uh, as I was preparing. It's not my list, but I thought this list was very fitting. Uh, So here are some indicators of a proud person. A proud person becomes irritated when corrected for mistakes. A proud person accepts praise for things over which he or she has no control. Pride will often not admit mistakes. Pride refuses to take counsel and to learn from other people. Pride often shows itself in competition with other people. Pride does not want more. Pride wants more than someone else. When I was reading through these indicators, it kind of hit me between the eyes because in one way or another, it seems like all these things are something I wrestle with in some way from time to time, and I believe we all do. And that's why it is so important that we examine ourselves and ask ourselves these tough questions and bring these things before God. So why does God hate pride? Well, because pride is in defiance against God. Pride is what caused Lucifer to fall from heaven. And pride is also what caused Eve to take from the forbidden fruit. When we read in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world, For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Pride is what made the devil who he is. And pride ruined the entire human race when the devil tempted Eve in the garden. And we read in Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. It says, 
The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the, uh, any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not to, allowed to eat. Uh, God's, God said, you must, not eat. you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now here, Eve's temptation wasn't the fruit. The garden was filled with fruit, all kinds of fruit. The temptation here was to be as God. It was the same thing that caused Satan to fall and that ruined the human race and brought sin into the world. And to this day, Satan does the same thing when he tempts us. He appeals to our pride. But it is not that God merely does not help the proud, but God lines himself up in battle against the proud. Pride also defiles us. Pride is something we're born with in our hearts. This is not something we learn. If you ever observe a little child, they're full of ego, selfishness in their hearts. And the root problem there is pride. We are born into it. You place two children in the center of a room and you place some toys in the center of a room. Good chance is that one child is going to go grab a toy from the other child and bonk them across the head. Or maybe candy that child will take candy from the other child instead of giving the other child candy. It just resides within our heart. We are born into it. We have a selfish, prideful nature, and we are full of ego. And Jesus says this comes out of the heart. Mark chapter 7, verse 21 and 22 says, For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, Lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Again, amongst all these wicked sins, pride is right in the mix again. Now, we need to be saved and born again. When we were born the first time, we were born with a nature that is inclined to pride. Pride also causes division. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10 says, Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So God resists us when we're proud. If you think about it, if we are proud, we cannot be in fellowship with God. And if we're not in fellowship with God, we cannot be in fellowship with anyone, whether it is our children, with our parents, with our spouse, with the church, if we are out of fellowship with God, it is impossible for us to be in fellowship with anyone around us. Look around at how many churches are ruined by pride. How many marriages are ruined by pride? We look around in our world today, it's nation against nation. You see children against parents, parents against children, married couples against each other, churches against each other. The root sin here is pride. In Proverbs chapter 13, it says pride leads to conflict. 
There's other translations that say contention. The root sin of all conflict is pride. And the problem in conflict is it's ego against ego. So when we're out of fellowship, instead of fighting the problem with the Christ in us, we rather fight and attack each other instead of fighting the problem, instead of letting the Christ in each other attack the problem. Pride is the sin that keeps us from reconciling relationships. Is there a conflict in your life that you're not willing to reconcile? Is there somewhere you need to make peace, but pride is standing in the way that you will not make peace and reconcile? If we don't have a desire to reconcile conflict, then we have a proud heart. Whether it is with a spouse, a child, a parent, a church member, a coworker, the root sin keeping us from reconciliation is pride. Now we often have an attitude of when somebody leaves our life, so to speak, well, good riddance to you, I don't need you, and thank goodness you're out of my life. This, again, is an attitude of pride. So if we are to take our ego off the throne and put Jesus Christ on the throne of our lives and our spouse, our coworker, fellow church member, whoever it may be, does the same thing, then the Jesus in us is not going to fight the Jesus in them and the Jesus in both of us is going to attack the problem, not each other. Conflict is always us attacking each other, and this is because we are letting our egos take the throne in our life. So again, let's examine ourselves. Let's ask ourselves and pray about it. Is there a conflict that needs to be reconciled, to made right? Let's not wait. Let's do it immediately. The time is now. Pride also brings dishonor. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 2 says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And then Proverbs chapter 18 verse 12, it says, Haughtiness goes before destruction, humility precedes honor. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 23 says, Pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor. When we're proud, we often want praise, we want honor, we want esteem. But really what we get through pride is dishonor. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, it says, But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What Jesus is basically telling us is the way up is down, and the way down is up. We can look again back in Isaiah, where Lucifer falls from heaven. Lucifer wanted to go up and above where God is, but instead he fell from heaven. This is the complete attitude of Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 11, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus did. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as some, something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. 
Now, pride is also a very destructive sin. Think about how many souls are lost because of pride. So many are too proud to humble themselves and admit and confess their dependence on God and their need for a savior. The seeds of all eternal destruction are in pride. Now, no one can be saved apart from the grace of God, but God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 25 says, The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of widows. And again, in chapter 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. And in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12, haughtiness goes before destruction, humility precedes honor. Now, ultimately, pride destroys all that it controls. Think about all the nations that are in ruin because of pride. So many churches and families that are falling apart because of pride. But pride also is, it leads to financial destruction. It's not that we want more, it is we want more than someone else. And uh, Dave Ramsey always uses this quote, and I'm just paraphrasing the quote, but we buy things we cannot afford to impress people we don't even like. As the saying goes, my neighbors keep buying stuff I can't afford. When we live in this kind of financial bondage, it is the root sin is pride because we, it's not that we want more, we want more than someone else. Now, it is not wrong to have nice things. We all desire to have nice things. We have certain hobbies. Um, we like nice, top-of-the-line stuff. It is not wrong to have these things. Where the sin is, is when we want more than someone else. Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 14, it speaks of the Pharisee and the tax collector praying, and I'm sure we're all familiar with this story. But it says this, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorn everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers, I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted." Is this oftentimes our attitude like this Pharisee? Where we have this kind of a proud heart that we think I'm not as bad of a sinner as so-and-so. I've never done something bad as he has or she has. This parable shows how proud the Pharisee's heart was. Now each of us will go home one of these two ways, dignified or justified. Which way will we choose? There is no better day than today to take a pride inventory, repent, humble ourselves, and admit our total dependence upon God. And we can only do that in complete humility. Maybe you're someone who is backslidden. Maybe you are someone who is struggling with your faith altogether. Or maybe you're someone who hasn't accepted Jesus as Lord. 
Now, what is backslidden? I would argue that if you love Jesus less today than you did yesterday, you are in a backslidden state, and it needs to be repented of. Today is the day to get right with God. I mean, look at everything going on in today's world. There is so much calamity, so much turmoil. There is so much going on. Now, I'm not predicting when Jesus is coming back, but how much longer can it be? The time is now. The time is now to get right with God. Today is the day that we need to get right with God and stay right with God. And if you are someone who has not accepted the gift of salvation, lay your intellectual and moral pride in the dust and give your heart to Jesus Christ today. If you are someone who is in a backslidden state, return to God today and surrender yourself to Christ. Let's come before our Lord in complete humility and surrender ourselves to him completely. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. My encouragement for all of us is, let's lay our pride aside, come to Christ in complete humility, and let's open that door to Jesus and let him in. Today is the day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we want to give you praise. We thank you for your word. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our sins. Lord, we come before you with humble hearts and ask that you may reveal to each and every one of us sins in our lives that we need to repent of. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and guide our every step. Lord, let your will be done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.